Hello everybody, my name is Clint Fosloo, your host for the Brocode.life podcast series and welcome to episode 7, yes lucky 7, with the mojo maker herself, Nikki Fogden-Moore. Today we speak to Nikki about all about finding your why, which is so, so important to all guys going through a divorce situation, but even guys who aren't, who are struggling to find out what their purpose in life is. I recorded this episode about a week ago or so with Nikki and I've been pondering on it a bit and I, and I really know it's going to be one of those hugely beneficial and popular episodes to to help guys who are struggling to find purpose to find where they need to go with their life as as it's very sort of practical and, and Nikki as as she does so well lays out sort of you know the tasks for you to achieve to go from a you know envisaging what your perfect what your dream life looks like all the way to implementing it, implementing it as well as you know how to deal with the naysayers and the strugglers and, and just really lays out a clear clear path in terms to finding your why um Really hope you enjoy this one. Please keep the comments coming. Please keep the positive feedback coming. Read us on iTunes, Spotify, you name it. It all really helps getting the word out there. And finally, um, thanks to my dear, dear friend, Jamie, who uses a bit of a case study slash guinea pig in this episode. Lovely lots, brother. Anyway, strap in, enjoy, and I hope you love it. Bye. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the seventh edition of the Brocode.life podcast, and I'm joined by Nikki Fogden-Moore. Nikki, welcome. Thanks, and I do happen to love the number seven, so lucky me. There you go, lucky seven. So we've got uh, Nikki's dog, Roxy's in the camera for those watching on YouTube. Uh, who I think she's just going to cruise around. So um, before I get into next your story, I just wanted to chat about how Nikki ended up on the podcast, actually. For those who've seen, I was on Nikki's one not so long ago, so check that out. I'll put that in the show notes. But... Part of what I'm trying to achieve with Broco.life is obviously helping men recover. Hmm. And uh, the core of the whole program is knowing your why. Yeah. And I had a very good friend of mine from America come visit and he said, oh, I love what you're doing. It's also inspirational. But I have no idea what my why is. I have no idea what my purpose is. I had no idea what anything was. And I, that sat with me for two or three days and I stewed in it because for me, the whole concept of what I'm doing is based on something that man in the street couldn't define. Uh, Nikki happened to overhear the conversation and in the estate we live in had one or two conversations with my friend and we were serendipitously, uh, my friend and I were having breakfast, having coffee and he gave up the suggestion. He said, well, why don't you get Nikki to come onto your podcast because that's what she does for a living. And as the universe would align it, Nikki strolled straight past us yeah. while, <laughs> while we were sitting there and I was like, shit, I need you on my podcast. So, so the whole concept of why we're here today is to define finding your wine, we'll get into your whole life story and how you ended up there, but something that you've done for a very, very long time as a starting point. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, looking back, I think I always had this purpose and gift from when I was very, very young. So, but you know, things don't get shaped and you don't mold and evolve until, so all those skills, you look back and you're like, wow, especially when you get interviewed a lot, you start having to kind of reflect yep. and look for touch points. Yep. So I always think when you can find things that come naturally, with what you're good at, you're bound to have some kind of unlocking, but we, we forget to pause. I get the opportunity because I create that. So, yeah. So let's go looking back. Young Nikki. Yeah. So accent people, that's a New Zealand accent. Uh, born, born on the North South Island. Tell us about your 
where you're from yeah, originally. I'm, I've got the coolest little background because I'm just the luckiest, I'm the luckiest girl. I was born in uh, Wanganui, New Zealand, which is a little farming community in the bottom sort of bite out of the North Island, New Zealand. Yeah. Um, my dad, uh, I'm the youngest of six kids wow. by nine years. So uncool hand-me-downs, be seen and not heard. And so I effectively grew up idolizing my brothers and sisters because I didn't really know them. And yeah. then also just being around adults all the time. So I think looking back, that shaped a lot of how I held myself or thought about things but anyway I grew up on a farm and my earliest memories are of a Labrador called Race sitting by the bassinet as a baby and yeah. and he would growl if anyone came near him so and then just being out taking smoker to my dad and and so very outdoor lifestyle but a very hard-working family but also one with a lot of pride and giving back so all the values that I grew up with have really sustained and provided my outlook on life from a very young age so farming girl um, you know, my dad was an auctioneer. He was the first guy to put a big neon sign up. Yeah. Um, you know, that was big news in those days. And and my parents were a bit older. My dad was much older by the time he had me. So how old was your dad when I you were born? I don't really know. He's going to be eighty nine now, and let's just say that I stayed at thirty six. So I can't really do the calculations. But um, <laughs> but you know, they were very very um, old school people and I can just remember them working hard but I can also remember there being amazing parties because it's rural so I don't know if where you grew up in South Africa but there's not a lot to do so people come over so you're always hosting and you're always you you sort of growing up with everyone else's kids and the other thing is my brothers and sisters all had left home and lived internationally so our house was always full of international people it's never it's never just been me it's always been everyone so our doors always been like a revolving kaleidoscope of nationalities and of travel and of experiences and things like that so that's my earliest memories and then also um, really basic things like I think now it's frowned upon but you know farming and I used to have pet lambs and mysteriously they would go <laughs> go missing we'd be having Sunday roast and I'd be like where's Andy lamb oh well went for a holiday never came back you know and sheep that would walk into the kitchen and yep. so a very wholesome um, upbringing uh, very hard-working upbringing but but I can remember not having to not having really much television and having to use my creativity so I had an absolute imagination as a kid because I was on my own so a couple of things there. So how, how close were you to Wellington? If you oh, look I would be south. three hours away from Wellington. Up north, further north? No, or? that's sort of across. Across, okay. Yeah, so we're really in this kind of... And it's a beautiful piece of the country. It's got a lot of Māori history to it, a lot of rich history and farming. And um, it's very... So I think that farming culture and that rural culture binds a community. And that's what, um, you know, doing flowers for the church and all sorts of things. So I think I just had a really cool upbringing. But... I didn't have a lot of say in my upbringing. I can just remember being told what I was going to do, and um, and also being told I was going to boarding school as as well. You know. So, so what age? Because I mean, I just know my. I mean, you've met Scarlett, my third kid, right? I mean, a third kid raises herself, let alone a sixth kid. Yeah. Who would 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 be that on steroids? So, at what age did you head off to boarding school? And from a, I know you're a very active person as well. From a sport perspective, what what did you get engaged into in the early days? Yeah. So I mean, I've always been engaged in moving. Like yeah. I, I've I've just been a hyperactive child, uh, and and always, you know, I don't think I've changed. I I seriously think I'm exactly the same kid as I was in some of the photos that I'll give you. Um, but my my parents moved to Taupo, which is a beautiful spot in the middle of the North Island. Um, and the Lake Taupo. Yeah, when I was about eight, I think, Lake Taupo. And then when I went to intermediate there, but I went to boarding school when I think I was 11 or 12. 
And that was a really defining point for me. In Wellington or Auckland? No, I went to um, Woodford House School for Girls. Uh, you know, very traditional English-based Anglican school. Incredible. I think everyone should go to boarding school. You know, because it just you just have to do stuff, and you you have a sense of respect. You stand up when elderly people come and elder people come in the room. You have certain things that you're responsible for. You know, nobody does anything for you, and and there's just certain protocols. I don't really think there's anything wrong with that. I think it teaches you a lot of independence, practicalities. I do not like Brussels sprouts. I don't like pumpkin, and I have a horrendous affair with. Um, you know, custard puddings, they do scare me. So, <laughs> the lumpy ones. The lumpy the ones, lumpy yeah. One. So, so why did you say that defined your life? Was it because of that independence that it gave you or what was pivotal about that? I mean, I think because you and I know each other and we're on the show and I'm certainly, I'm in the middle of writing my third and fourth books and that part of that is reflecting back on my own journey. And I realized that when I was in my first term of boarding school, you, you get put into houses, you know, and I think I was in Frimley. We went on this house... Uh, school trip in a bus and I can remember coming back on the bus because it was on one of the girls farms and saying to I was like oh my god please don't let us crash because in New Zealand we have all these big kind of um, chasms and you know windy roads and big cliffs into farmland and then the moment I said that that's exactly what happened so at the age of 12 uh, I think I was three months into my first term at boarding school and I was playing cricket and swimming and everything else there was a giant bus accident and I've never spoken about this publicly I've never really I've never really spoken about it I haven't even really spoken about it on my show maybe once so I can remember as a 12 year old third seat from the front all the cool kids right down the back I was still a newbie asking the lords and then that actually happening all the girls from the back just flying forward and then I hit my head um, and then I woke up in this kind of scene from MASH do you remember MASH the TV yes, show? Yes I do yeah that's what it was like. And, wow. and so uh, I've read somewhere that by three, your values are started to shape. And by five, they're pretty cemented. Mm. But also how you see the world and the images that you have and everything else. So I was lying under this bus thinking that it was going to blow up. But I, I had to be last to be moved because I was underneath the You're wheel. You right the front, yeah. Well, I was just, under, I fell yep. out under, I think it was like a 30-foot cliff. So the reason I'm telling you this story is because I'd actually never thought about this until last year when it was the 30th anniversary of this bus accident and how many did you have some fatalities yeah the five people died the bus driver was decapitated the girl that was next to me who was sports cap no she was um music captain or something um she was she passed away sadly and i remember seeing her face and i remember looking down at my leg and i couldn't move and i just heard all this noise and the ambulance driver found me last year and sought me out and sent me a clipping and I realized this the whole entire time, apart from saying, listen, dude, I don't go on buses because I just, I was an accident. I've never really thought about it. Yeah. Because what we did then is we, we came out of uh, hospital and we went to go to a court case and we went and my parents were like, it's the first time they ever went to the movies in 25 years was the night they got the phone call. Wow. And I was thinking, you know, we talk about a lot of purpose and why, but also these sense of responsibilities we grow up with. And I remember feeling so guilty that as a kid, that that was like the most important thing that I took away from that was that I kind of interrupted my parents only three times. There's so much there. So much in there. I mean, so So many stories just in that one thing. And then also being at boarding school, there is no self-pity. There is no, we didn't have counselling then. 
And I can remember being put back on a bus to go to the court case about a bus accident. That's nuts. Yeah. But these days that would never happen, yeah. right? But in those days that's... And standing there, that was my first experience in, 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 in law. That's why I almost studied law was they were trying to make sure the bus driver was the accused because they didn't want to pay all the liability. Yeah. So I can remember this as a 12-year-old wow. being really like engaged in this conversation. So, so did you, as a, I guess, as a coping mechanism as a 12-year-old just try to bury that and only as recently or was it just something that's always been with you? No, I can remember sitting on buses going MOM, Mind Over Matter. So I would chant going to school yeah. events and I would chant going to these outings and I'd sit there and I would hold the thing and I'd go Mind Over Matter, Mind Over Matter. So when I look back, I believe that from a very early age I was instilled, I always say there's, there's two types of people in life, people that life does stuff to or people that do things with life. Yeah. And I think from day dot, I've been a person that's just never been a victim. I never even thought about myself. I just came up with a way to be present. So from a very young age, I I adopted a mantra to get myself through a frightening experience. Yeah. So strange. That's that's. Don't you think it's like looking? Oh, back? I mean, it's 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 way above. M O M. You didn't expect that, did you? No, I didn't. No, but it's 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 so way ahead of its time, right? Because mind never matter. I remember sitting there, here in my little school uniform, <laughs> doing a curtsy. Yeah, just like white yeah. knuckled on this bus, and and you didn't ask, you didn't talk about it as a kid. You didn't, you know. I can I just, I did. That's the resounding thing. I, I just think, uh, I did drama and we did other things and all sorts of stuff. But I think my school years were very, and I threw myself into swimming because yeah. I, I was quite severely injured, and then triathlon and all these things. So I think, I think it, it's not about the bus accident. I was already that person. I was already this little. You know, I leant over an electric fence as a three-year-old to try and get some some morning tea that wasn't mine, yeah. you know, and I just think I was, I'm built like this, yeah. and I've been built to talk to people. I'd sit next to my dad, and I would talk to people for hours, so I'm built to, I'm just built like this. So this is a good caveat, all right, I, I guess for me is, when, so let me let me tell you a story about me first, which, which will lead to my next question. You know, the ones you haven't told <laughs> no, 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 not those, not those, not those ones. Okay. Not those stories. No, thank you, Nikki. Um, that's yeah, that's in my book. But um, so I'm I'm personally very good at at putting a bravado up. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, you are. Probably, sir. probably have a PhD in that. And um, when Nikki and I and, and Nikki and I know each other socially for years, but never really actually had a conversation until we had a podcast. Um, when I was on Nikki's podcast, and we were sitting there afterwards debriefing. And Nikki called me on my bullshit so quickly and nailed two key points that I was kind of stuck with and had been dealing with very, very quickly after just seeing me socially and having a quick conversation of which, which I believe is a gift, right? It's, it's just, yeah. it's, it's, there's, there's, there's something there of you call it intuition, call it whatever you want. Yeah. It's that ability to read people and sense emotions, sense where people are blocking when did you realize that you had that gift and, and, and how did you, because I can only imagine in the beginning it must have been scary, you know, but then how did you sort of embrace that and it's obviously led you to where you are today. I mean, how deep do you, do you want, how like how truthful do you want to go on the show? Because one, one of the Very. things... Very. Can I, I'm just going to turn the light on Okay, quickly. well he's already leaving, so this is, this is good. <laughs> no, it's, it's just, dark. as usual, it's just me and the dog. Um, it's getting, it's Queensland, it's getting dark here. Carry on. I think... I think I've always, you know, as a kid, I used to draw these little stories. Yeah. I used to create stories and cartoons, and I'd make these little books. And 
and I always had this unique, uh, well, not wasn't unique, but I was always very sincerely interested in who I was talking to. So I was very connected. And I can remember um, learning once that the greatest gift you can give anyone is significance, which is really being present with them. And I didn't realize until recently when I've really gone through and um, worked on my skill that I see so much more than we could actually reveal on the show today because I don't want to I don't want to really scare anyone but um, and also I, uh, I if I walk through like a big concert or if I walk through a shopping mall I get a pick up a lot of people's fears uh, I can sit in a boardroom and in fact this is an, an own to you Greg Vales you're always saying you bring me in as a secret weapon uh, and I can very quickly see where people's decision making is coming from. But, and it's not because I'm trying to get in anywhere. It's because I just put myself in that space and I can see like a dialogue, if that makes sense. And very, very quickly declutter that and go, well, this is really... And that's really confronting uh, and can be very intimidating because it's a very scary thing to open up Pandora's box or look under the hood. Uh, but that's actually part of being a champion in life. And when you can consider that you know the greatest athletes in the world and the greatest minds in the world are continually unveiling and unpacking and growing uh, we should never be afraid of um, the things that we held deep within and sometimes it takes someone to see that in us to get us out of our own way so my gift is not in just purely years of experience of what i'm doing but a real genuine empathy and connection when I'm present with someone that has given me something that goes beyond what's describable. It is really like a seventh sense. And, and when can you distinctly remember when that was? Uh, when that, oh, I think I mean, I've had obviously... that from very young, yeah. but I didn't know then until I was looking back, trying to write this other book and I was getting interviewed some questions. I was like, yeah, no, I can. And I've got like a beautiful uh, Maori healer that I often talk to and yeah. we talk about that, yeah. you know, because that gift um, isn't a weapon. You know, that gift is, is actually quite, uh, it, it gives me a lot of grief sometimes or it will give me goosebumps or, you know, Lane was here this week, the other weekend, she was telling me some stories. I was like, oh, you know, it, I feel people's pain and I think because I work with leaders, there's so much sense of responsibility, there's nobody out there for them. Yep. So being understood or understanding someone, whether it's your kids or your best friend and just genuinely accepting someone like if that's the only thing that you can take away from this show today is genuine non-judgmental acceptance of self and others, that's really the greatest gift because then you see everything in technicolor because there's no attachments. And once you have that clarity of vision and you can connect, it's like a whole, it's like the 150% realm. Everyone's pushing 100%. Like, yeah, I'm working really hard. I'm really busy. I'm giving the best of myself. Or actually, if you just take a breath and go around it, you're in this kind of ethos and this atmosphere, which is just truly remarkable. And you're like, whoa, like a big Lebowski moment. You're like, whoa, that's so heavy. <laughs> yeah. But then it just keeps expanding. And then you might have a bit of a space where you're like, this feels really lonely, but then the right people will come in because they'll match that vibration. You so, know? so you're a huge part of what I believe in and what's in the courses, the universe and, and all that stuff, I guess, that unexplainable, right? That, that different paradigm. And I've actually put a, the, the second chapter is this might not be for you because it might be a bit woo-woo for some people, but I, I so strongly believe in it and, and it's just a, yeah. It's, yeah. 
But why don't we flip that around a little bit and give it a bit of bro code context. In order to be a champion surfer, McFanny, in order to be Roger Federer, in order to be Lane Beachley, in order to be, you know, Elon Musk or whoever it is that you think is doing remarkable things, that takes not a, an action, but takes what's between, it takes a continual evolution of your mindset, right? Absolutely. So that's not woo-woo, that is actual what I call purposeful thinking and doing because it is proven by, um, you know, uh, quantum physics, if you look at Joe Dispenza, that we become what our thoughts are and we perpetuate that. So we just have to reprogram our hard drive. And that's really my business is saying to people, you know, this house that you built, we might have to go in and unlock some of the pillars of your foundations because those don't serve you anymore. But it takes, it's not fluffy and and it's actually enlightening and it's fun and it's incredible, but you have to do the work. Like, I, I hear you, but I think the majority of people do believe it's fluffy. Like well, that's the power, because... That's, I, that's the, the misinformation. Yeah, and I, I think if you're a guy listening to this show, the reason I'm here is because I truly believe... I, mean, I spend 99% of my time working with men because there is nothing out there that says, we will show you the roadmap. Um, and you are the master of your destiny. But any athlete, any world champion, any CEO that has built and sold and built and sold companies, it's between here it is a sense of self-belief. It is a genuine, continual evolution of how your thoughts progress. You're never the same person you were three years, five years ago. You know, that's what's so cool about being human. Yep, and, you, and my big mantra is what a man thinks a man becomes. Yeah, and that's, you know, gender neutral because we are one of the, um, you know, even dogs do suffer from anxiety and, and you've got to give, so we need to be safe. We yep. need to give anyone that's listening and that's really the most important thing, um, leading with compassion and being there for someone, you know, with the Are You Okay campaign. And we need to make it safe to have these conversations and then to go just do one step at a time. You're not going to suddenly go and hug a tree. You don't have to sell your Ferrari and become a Buddhist monk. Yeah. You know, abundance is not a negative thing because the more we create, the more yeah. we can give back. Absolutely. So before we get into the finding your why, I just want to tap bit of back into your past. So when you went to uni, what oh, did yeah. you think you were going to become? What is your, your a 17-year-old Nikki leaving high school? I think from what I understand, you went to uni. Straight away, yeah. Straight away. What did you go to study? What is, what is your, I guess, ideal life back then? Uh, I did a Bachelor of Commerce in yep. Marketing and I also did uh, Physiology because I was always interested in nutrition and fitness and things. But I was very interested in marketing and licensing. I have to say that I was drunk most of my time <laughs> because I'd come, I, I was, I kind of lived under a rock as a teenager. I, I mean, if those of you that work with me at Ski Your Heart Out, you know, I was, um, I've always had a sense of naivety that's still there. Yeah. And I'm really pr- pleased I've still got that because I think it's helped me avoid uncomfortable situations and, and because I just didn't see the darkness that might have been in front of me. Um, but yeah, I did a Bachelor of Commerce and I wanted to do, um, you know, I went into uh, sports with rugby league and then television licensing and PR. So I think I've always been around the communications, but always had a background for my own, you know, training, nutrition, fitness, personal training. So I was yep. continually being a dual, dual sort of person that was, you know, and I went straight from uni into a job. Okay. So, and then straight from that job to, to TVNZ and, and it once again looking back, I think people mistake enthusiasm these days as a lack of intelligence. And what I've, I've had my sparkle dimmed and then what I've realized now, which is why I'm so passionate about this conversation is 
um, nobody can take your mojo away from you, you know, and the reason I'm lucky enough to have a show and a site and the books and everything called the Mojo Makers, because that's what my clients gave me that nickname. Mm. And I realized I've had it all along, but I spent so many years of my life trying to fit in and kind of like dim that down when really that's that sense of energy and purpose is, is magic. But we're so we're so crap at endorsing people for that. We're like, whoa, you know, too much, you know. I've I've got a funny funny uh, related story about having energy, right? And I'm also pretty pretty out there. Are you? No. <laughs> but uh, uh, I, there was a, a standing joke with with one of my good friends as a doctor about getting me Adderall as I was going through divorce because I wanted to. Is clarify. that Vian? That is Vian, yeah. Because yeah. I was she I. Is Vian. She is, yeah. And he never gave it to me. Um, because I just wanted, I wanted to sense calm and I wanted to sense clarity. And I remember distinctly sitting, I think I was sitting in Vegas. I was at some conference in the US with a good friend of mine and telling him that I'm going to, I want to get at ease cause I need to calm. And Is he said guy? to me, no, no, that's an, another nerd friend of mine. It's John Astle. Um, and, and he said to me, your biggest asset is your energy. Yeah. Your biggest asset is when people around you, they feel lifted. He said, why would you possibly want to mute that? Yeah. And it was the first time for me in a similar light. I was yeah. like, oh, shit, I don't, you don't realize what you bring to others until they kind of make you aware. No. And I think because of Generation Exhibition and social media, and let's face it, everyone has a podcast and this and that these days, is you have to really almost like have laser focus and have like a racehorse ship to have blinkers on. Because if you can step out of your own way and be your true self, it's it's unlimited potential but we, we don't know how to do it right and it's scary because that's not how we're designed and that's not how the public wants it and everything else so so going back to this whole uh, and what was your friend's name from the pool jamie 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 i'm sorry we didn't get a chance to uh, <laughs> to meet up but i will have a phone conversation with you or a skype or a zoom so consider it locked in um but i think like we we get on the trajectory or a treadmill you know yeah. we go to uni we get a job uh, especially i'm a bit of a dude you know i grew up as a tomboy i'd take my stubby shorts and that's what i'd wear to school and i you know those are very short short rugby shorts if people yeah. want to see yeah. stubbies are rugby league right stubbies are just little shorts, little rugby and that's, shorts i was yeah. just i think i grew up with my dad and, and i was just a tomboy <laughs> so that's how i thought and that approach is just instilled in me and and I think for guys, you get you forget to look up. You make great business plans. You make plans when you're going to have children. You make your financial plans, whether or not they're robust enough, based on what you know. We don't challenge the system. Yeah. And then we get afraid when we're challenged because maybe what you valued the most when you were 20 isn't important anymore. And what I hope is that we don't have to have collateral damage for anyone listening to this to realize that you absolutely have the chance to drop a pin and yeah. go... What coordinates do I need to shift? Or even sit down with your partner or wife at the time and go, what does great look like? We do it for work. We, why do we not do it for life? And that's, I mean, it's a great pivot for, I don't want to throw Jamie, not to throw him under the bus here, but I had a conversation with him three days ago. And he was, Roxy, do you want to throw the wall? No. And, and he was, screw you. So I said, you've ruined, he said to me, I've ruined his life. And I was like, well, what do you mean by that? And he said, I've being around you, because I mean, we've been long-time friends, first time you see me in my environment. Yeah. He said, being around you, being around your friends, see how that you, you work to live, not live to work, and how your paradigm is, and how the, your positive energy, it's just changed his world. And he's gone back to that college job, treadmill cubicle, and gone, yeah. I'm not living. Well, he doesn't have the tools to know 
what the steps are now. So he's been exposed to something. He's, he's got the right? awareness, which yeah. to me is the, yeah, the, the, the first step, the first step yeah. and then which leads us into yeah. the tools, right? Yeah. I mean, as someone someone like him, anyone out there who 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 a I think awareness is the first point. Yeah. And I think a lot of the my target market guys who are divorced have that moment and have that event where they have suddenly yeah. time and reflection. But just for, for everybody out there, how, how do you, and I know from what I understand, this is what you do, right? Yeah. Um, how, how do you even start that process? I think the first thing that you've got to say is whatever got you to this point, whatever made you listen to the show or watch us or sit on the sofa or put your head in your hands is, is just absolutely okay. Like whatever got you to here, got you to here. Uh, and the second thing is awareness. I call this is in my it's, it's like in my new book, Adeline. It's Rally of Life. We start with survival mode, and that's autopilot, right? And survival mode is a very dangerous place to sit, uh, and it's very dysfunctional. But we don't know we're in it, and then something usually will hit us, like a ten-ton truck, uh, and then you're made aware. Uh, and then a mirror's held up. So something major will happen, like you lose a job, you'll you lose a partnership, or there's whatever it is, like your story. The first thing to know is you don't need to know the how. You just need to know and be curious that you absolutely have the ability to decide what's next in your life. You don't need to worry about how that's going to happen or how long it's going to take. You don't need to worry about the fact you might lose your kids or you won't get your dog or the most important thing is from this moment onwards, is that going to be annoying? Um, you are fully supported because once you have awareness, you've opened up this other level of functionality in your brain, which is curiosity. And that's the exciting part, right? It's, oh. it's the, it's the, it's the, I mean, many times through my journey, I just remember walking through the streets, shaking my head because I was aware of different facets. Yeah. But th that's a starting point. Yeah. It's a really, really good, interesting starting point. So, um, and, and the other thing is a lot of people think, why bother? You know, do you need me to mute my phone? I'm going to go get another beer, so okay, carry on so talking. Just um, <laughs> I, I hope we keep these bloopers anyway. No, no, this real, we just, I, I, re I released the whole podcast. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I'm the same. So um, I think the most important thing, if any of you are listening, and, and Jamie, let's use him as an example because we'll use him as a working example. I'd say, dude, just awesome. Like you're off autopilot now, and it's like you've been smacked in the face. You're like, shit. And also you're thinking you know the, the first and foremost thing is you got to take care of your side of the street so there's three things we always must remove uh, and because your conversations that you have with yourself are the most powerful ones the most powerful ones you will ever have so if you're turning up and everyone says at work how you going you're like yeah and this was a pain and that was a pain you're going to keep getting more pains you're going to keep getting you know a deal that's going to fall through or your kids are you know just start thinking and listening to the way that you talk the way that you talk, the conversations that you have outwardly and inwardly are the most powerful tools, regardless of who you want to download and what books you want to read apart from mine. Um, it doesn't matter absorbing all the stuff unless you apply it, right? And the application comes from here and it comes from your conversation. And, and can I just pivot to that as well as in terms of, for me, who you surround yourself is so important. Because if you, if, if, if you round people that moan, everything's... I mean, there was a really, really good podcast the other day. Uh, Kevin Hart was on Joe yeah. Rogan. Yeah, oh, I and, love uh, Joe. I call him Fat Fingers Rogan because he's got these little stubby fingers. Yeah, but I mean, he, he's, he's, he's a master at what he yeah, does. Yeah, he's and, fantastic. And Kevin Hart was on there exactly about that point, about the negativity. Um, oh, we all just, have it. 
but if you it's who you choose to surround yourself with so i think if you someone like jamie sorry brother but if yeah. you if you having those negative thoughts if you're around people who are constantly negative that's not going to add fuel to your fire can i drop a point in this that i think is really important that mm. you should put in writing is that you may not find the people you need right now we could be it right it could just be me and clint because once you've had that awareness, it's not like someone rocks up on your doorstep and says, hi, I'm your positivity buddy. Uh, you know, I've decided to work with you all day and help you through this process. Like, Aren't on Amazon Prime maybe? Yeah, no? you can't no. get droned in a golf buggy with a new best mate. I mean, you know, I think what's really important is that don't panic because you've had an epiphany and you've seen, it's like, uh, what's that show, uh, where The Truman Show, mm. right? I really believe that people it's like Truman Show they're like crack away at the end they've rode the boat to the end and 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 when you start to realize there's a whole universe out there your vibe will attract your tribe but give be patient and the last thing you want to do can I give my Buddhist monk analogy before I, you? I, I love Buddhism so go um I'm on stage and I have to say if anyone hires me I just want to apologize to most people that hire me because I'm I'm a renegade speaker I'm there to create change I'm not there to tell you you're all wonderful and how warm and fuzzy let's do a hug I'm there like what's going to be different about today boom so I <laughs> I've scared a few people but uh, I always say imagine this right so Buddhist monks they come out of the monastery and they've just qualified they've got their certificate of you know, practicing Buddhism, they're like, wee, and their robes are flying behind them, and they're like, let's go to the pub, yeah. yeah, and then that's it, right? No, you know, practicing being a beautiful human and best vision of yourself takes daily, minute by minute, hourly work. And when you're new to something, just like practicing tennis or practicing your golf swing or me practicing jokes with Clint, you've got to keep practicing and changing your conversation with yourself. It's not an overnight thing because you've probably got 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years of conditioning where you're like, you can't ask that at a board meeting. You can't tell your wife you just want to go fishing for a week. And we will get on to what I call vital ingredients for dudes, the dude yeah. Because I'm really passionate about this, yeah. you know. Um, I'll probably alienate a few women. But anyway, so if you are having the awareness and you're like, nobody else thinks like you guys do, lean into us. Like, I'm categorically telling you, we will give you how to how to communicate with us like that's my whole mission is to create platforms where you can message me on instagram you can leave a comment you can email me you can whatever whatever we can do to get you through to finding people in your area or hang out and we can help you know that you're not alone once you've had that level of awareness very important so, so not everyone lives in the bubble no i know but but here's another thing so from and from and this is personal experience as well right you have awareness you want to change behavior patterns, but it's scary, right? It's that fear factor. It's yeah. It's that speaking up in a boardroom. It's that making a different decision. Um, yeah. It's it's going to gym when when you're not meant to go to gym because you're doing something else. How, what what are your tips and strategies for? I mean, I believe you should do something that scares you every single day. I love that. I don't know who said that, but I love that yeah. concept of just. Well, if it scares you, it's important because it means you're growing. Like, if it's yeah. not scaring you, what are you doing, buddy? Like, uh, but I think the most important thing is what happens. It's like riding a bike without training wheels for the first time. Is um, and I'll just talk to you guys why Clint's refreshing his beer. Is that sometimes you're gonna have a polar thing? I rose, rode into a rose bush. You know, I think you got. It's gonna be prickly and uncomfortable the first time you try things. So just remember that it's new, but, um, and also lead from within first. So don't, well, my point with the Buddhist monk analogy also is don't run out and give everybody else your doctrine of being an aware human until you've really implanted 
who you are and what you want yourself. So take your time. It's a personal journey. You don't have to announce to anyone. It's like seeing the world. Everybody else is in grey and you're in technicolour and you're like, has anyone seen it like I am? Because yeah. most of the people in your life that you're constantly already around, they probably haven't had that evolution. 98% of people do not want to be shaken out of their sleep. They just want to go, come to work, do their thing, everyone else's problem. If, if you're in a relationship, it's 50-50. If you're in a job with a boss, it's 50-50. If you're coaching, and I'm, I've got this coming out next week, yeah. it's 50-50, guys. Yeah. You know, it is a combined reciprocal relationship. So the first thing is, um, you know, and, and uh, Eckhart Tolle said this in his new book, that he, you know, I don't know if you know this, but he uh, was going to commit suicide. So wow. he was standing on the edge Didn't of the bridge. Yeah. Um, and um, forgive me if I tell the story incorrectly, but there's a beautiful new book that he's got coming out. And I love it because it's the next generation from the power of now. And he says, I was asking myself at the end of the bridge, I didn't want to live anymore. I was like, I just despised myself, he said. And he was standing on the end of the bridge and he was like, who am I? Who am I? Who am I, right? But who who do you ask who you are as because you're two different people? And he realized then that he'd separated his soul and his being from his ego. Yeah. You know, and I always say your ego is not your amigo. I've called my ego Bob. So the voice that you're having, the conversation that doesn't the reason it's so difficult to change is because Bob or whoever your ego is or that childhood person that's been running your life doesn't want you to change because then they're not going to have any more oxygen. Yeah. You know, so when you do start to have awareness and you do start to go through these steps of finding your way and you do start to go, hey, wifey, we're going to do things completely different. Remember that not everybody else has had the epiphany and nine times out of ten, it's not an overnight thing. You can't just go to a Tony Robbins seminar, have a magic pill and then go, I'm cured. You know, you've got to do the work. And most importantly, what's right for Clint or what's right for me could not be right for you. You have to find goal that resonates that you would fight us for. And that takes a bit of uncovering. That takes you looking under the hood going, what are my vital ingredients? Like, what do I want my great day to look like? And it's not a namby-pamby question. It's actually a bloody important one. Yeah. We've got 1,440 minutes in the day. Uh, we could tell you how long you've got left to live on average if we really wanted to shock you. What are you gonna do with it? Muck around and whinge or actually go, wow, like, I absolutely am a leader in life, regardless of my title, regardless what just happened to me through divorce or whatever, you are a great person regardless. And you have to have that sense of self-belief. So looping back around, you have to know that you can't just get rid of your ego going, you know, it's easy for those guys. Look at them sitting there. You know, Clint's got his show and he's just been kiting and but it's, it's like you, you've really got to just be inspired enough. And, and that's the first step. And the second thing is unpacking that. So remember that that ego is the one thing holding you back. It's not someone that did something to you. So it's a couple of things I want to touch in there. Like, I mean, the ego things, ego combined with fear is a big thing. I actually had this conversation this morning um, when I was foiling at sunset because that's my perfect day, right? Is, is I thought it was when you were getting waxing done <laughs> <laughs> no that's that's after this that's yeah. why i'm drinking beers um is is i didn't do a lot of things athletically because of my ego i wanted to but just because i wasn't good at them straight away i wasn't willing yeah. to put in the effort yeah. as someone who's naturally talented i thought well, well, if i'm I not love the... that comment you weren't willing to put in the effort because you weren't amazing straight away well, exactly yeah. because i didn't but it was it had nothing to do with about 
I, I understood the process, but it was more I was embarrassed what other people would think about me. Yeah. And, and for me to, yeah, to me to let that go and actually, you know, fall on my ass and be a kook in my surfing world was was a big thing for me, letting go of my ego and fear yeah. to just try new things. So that's just my personal story. And and just in terms of as you said, if you map out my like I know what my perfect day is, you know what your perfect day is. If someone doesn't know what their perfect day should or would look like. Now, once again, for me it was, you know, surf, kite, foil, be in the ocean, be around my friends, be around my kids, happy. For, for someone, let's use Jamie as an example, who, who doesn't know what his, 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 his passion is, whether it's music, whether it's, whether it's art, whether it's helping people, whatever it is, how, how do you help people try and discover that passion? Because as you alluded to, it's every single human's different of what they want. Yeah. I mean, I think the coolest thing is, and Paul, if you're listening to this um, from Tasmania, I better be specific about which Paul, I'm really proud of you because I think what... can. If I can put a little segue in this, I think a lot of guys have lost their dudism. You know, they've lost, uh, for whatever reason, and let's not get into politics, um, but most of the people that I work with now, I'm like, what's your, what does being a macho nacho mean to you? And I don't mean being, you know, anti-feminist or anything. I mean, what is it like to be a man? Because I think when, as a woman, if you have a man in your life that turns up because he's fulfilled and just you know frothing on life and can contribute and you've really got to understand for yourself the same thing if you're a woman listening to this and your partner's going through something and you just want to surreptitiously find out what they're listening to is that you have a responsibility to yourself to go what does me great look like what like what you know i can't not be near the ocean like i you just don't want to be around me yeah. i'm not even really great at doing anything in the ocean i just love it so um being a man, and because we're talking specifically, is, is so important. And we've kind of lost that sense. And you need, that's why I do the dude retreat, the man break without the handbrake. What is the first thing to do is write a list of everything that you can think of to you that means being the dude or the man or you. Just write a list. And then, you know, what do you want to do? Do you know how to fix stuff, build stuff? Have you tried a sport? Like, just try everything. Because people forget to play and they just give themselves all these rules and um, rules and constraints, right? The first thing you must do is sit down with a pen and paper and write everything you can think of that constitutes fun, play, contribution. What would really make you feel the best version of yourself? It could be something that you love to do when you're a kid. Uh, and it doesn't, and then on the, so this is your A column. Very important whenever you're doing this work. There's always an A column and a B column. The A column is what you really want. The B column is the procrastination and the butts. The B column is, it's all right for Clint to go kiting because he runs a software business, but I can't do that. BS. Honestly, when you put your mind to something, you can do whatever you want. There is the only person standing in your way is you. Because there is unlimited possibility, especially in today's world, to design any life you want. You've just got to want it badly enough. So chances are you've been putting things on your resolutions list. You've probably been hanging out with friends you don't even enjoy their company with. You've probably been turning up to a job that bores you batshit. Like, what is this going to do to go, you don't have to throw the baby out with the bathwater and, and yell at everybody and storm out with your briefcase. It's not about that. It's about just being purposeful and thinking, you know what, I'm going to grab a pen and paper, do it now. And after this podcast, I want you to write down everything that constitutes for you what what that would look like. Take, you know, inspiration from mates of yours or from people you admire. Like, what is it? What activities, what values 
what really matters to you the most, what intellectual things, spiritual things, just everything, you know? And for some people, they wanna go and hike and stay alone for three days in the wilderness. For some people, they wanna learn how to heli-ski. And then if you've got a bug knee or whatever else, like stop putting excuses in place. Just write a list of everything you can think of and then go through that list. And there's three things I'll give you. Yep. The three R's of any goal you're gonna do after this. Number one, does whatever you've put on your list, whether it's for your kids or yourself or your family or whatever else, does it resonate with you? You might be inspired by Clint, you might be inspired by you know, Ben Wilson, ben.com, um, but what is on your goals has to resonate with you, right? The second thing is, is it relevant? Like, is it something that actually you find really, really relevant that you would actually consider doing? Or is it just like, I really want to go to the moon, but actually deep down, you don't really want to. Like, is it relevant? And the other thing, is it real time? What can you actually have on your list that you can see yourself doing in the immediate future? Now, if you do those three things, the way to check that is when we want to set goals for ourselves and we want people to support us, we get grumpy because people try and challenge us, right? But I would say, Clint, if you really want to do this show and you want to do this program, then you have to say, hey, Nick, will you support me on this because this is very important to me. What happens when you started telling your mates that? Oh, I mean, the feedback was amazing, right? Right. It, 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 was, um, it was scary to do that because it's... Uh, uh, it's 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 a it's a realm, and I mean I think you were actually probably one of the first people I phoned to ask for advice on it, but um it it was it was scary to do it because I didn't I'm not that guy right I, I'm I'm not the guy that and who was telling you you're not that guy oh myself right your ego My, absolutely right yeah. that's yeah. the Eckhart Tolle standing on a bridge yeah. to, who asking myself two questions of myself who was asking the question I'm the happy smiling guy not the guy who gets deep and emotional right yeah. that's just my persona. I guess, yeah. or what my ego pursued my persona was. Yeah, because that's where it was comfortable. Mm, of course, yeah. So, but when you ask for help, people step up. So it's very important that you have to identify and have accountability people to go, this means something to me. Now, if you can't tell people why you're doing it, it won't happen. But that links back to the whole universe thing as well, right? As soon as you put that out there, the, the, the people that have come into my life and the stuff I've been given by various people just to help me on my journey has yeah. been something I could never imagine. Do you know why that is? Tell me. Because you are so connected to that goal that you were going to do it anyway. <laughs> it's true. You absolutely, you decided it connected with you. It resonated. Yeah. You, it resonated with you. So it was an anchor. So when we have ideas, but when we have something that resonates, it gives us a deep belief that just makes you get up. It makes you want to do it regardless. It makes you want to learn to surf at 50. It makes me want to learn to play the drums at 36. Um, you know, so laugh so hard. But so this is the point, guys. If you're writing this list down, ask yourself, do I, is this just someone else's list or is this really my list? You know, I go hiking in New Zealand off the grid. I love going off the grid. Like, to get away from people and public and digital, it's so fun to get on a boat to just, those are really things that I will go, yes. Like, so anything that's not a heck yes, get rid of it. Because all it is, is just clutter. And it's getting in the way of you finding your purpose. It's filling a gap. And that's the other thing. We're so busy filling up time because we want to be busy. It's a swear word. Busy is a terrible word. Yeah, productive, 
purposeful, thoughtful. You don't have to reply to an email straight away. If someone says to you, you look weird, Bob, you've been coming in all week with some glazed look on your face, you say, listen, I'm just going through some stuff, I'll get back to you next yeah. week. You know, we don't have to respond to people straight away. Uh, we, we're not beholden, but we've become a very responsive society. You know, yin for yang, tit for tat, and going through divorces and, and collateral damage. Ask questions just because, you know, I know there's a lot of fear around not seeing your kids or that's, that is not a reality. When you can find a way to get the right help, anything is possible if you can rise above the emotion um, and find people that have gone through it before. You're, you're not the first person to go through this terrifying experience. And that's what it feels like, right? Yeah. It's, it's, I just want to go back to the list. I think it's a very important yeah. thing. So, I mean, the list. The Did list. I say lost? List. No. List. No. list. List. Yeah, get your list. man list out. Get your man list out. So, two things. I, I mean, I'm very bad at writing things down, but I think this is something you physically have to get oh, out Oh, you can't paper. do it digital. Yeah, you, you have, have to, to write. physically write it down. Do you want to know why? Because there's a cognitive connection between handwriting yeah. and, and a chemical in your brain that kind of cements everything. It's actually a wiring. So, if you keep everything in digital, it'll stay there. Yeah. So, that's, I just wanted to touch that point because I know that's important. When the guys are, or, or girls are writing their list, right? And, and as you said, you've got to be practical. If you're living in middle America and you want to start surfing, well, it's probably, you know, you're going to have to have drastic lifestyle changes well, to do that. Well, if you really want to start doing it and it's really something you're passionate about, yeah. it's definitely worth investigating. And that's, and that's so, so where, where would you set the bar in terms of, because my, my, my understanding through, through, the, you know, through the work I've gone into is that you think too small, you limit yourself to your paradigm of what you know not like. Whether it's yeah. a financial number or whatever yeah. that number is, you 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 you're thinking what you're capable of, not what, yeah, not your hell mary, like you know. Well, we don't even know because we only know what we know. So and we know what quantum, we limit ourselves to. So it's quantum physics. Like you just all you need to know is your intent. Yeah. Right, because it's unlimited. So really, there. So if you if you're a water person and you've put yourself in Wisconsin, I don't yeah. know, I'm just coming up with something, um, and you're and you. Um, uh, driving back and forth to work every day wearing a grey suit uh, and you're slowly dying inside what you know what the heck like chances are your partner or anyone else around you is feeling the same you absolutely have to be the change that you want to see but first of all know what you really want like don't just go wouldn't it be great you've got to ask yourself the a and b column like would does this really resonate with me you know because when you make a decision making criteria around real resonating things then they make sense and they become effortless because there's like a, a framework around it. And you can then get assistance and help and the, the people that genuinely love you want you to thrive. But so often we're too scared, we don't have a voice and we're like, it's going to disrupt everything. So that's the B column. You cannot do this list without two columns. The biggest roadblock to any decisions is the B column. Oh yeah, Clint, it's fine, but I busted my knee. Oh, it's, I, I live way away from the surf. You know, so you need a good coach or a good accountability buddy to unpack this list with you. And that's, I think that's, that's a, a great, you know, uh, pivot again. So we've got awareness. Yep. Starting awareness. Point. We've got our list. Accountability. And not phasing on. Like how, how, how would you recommend people implement that list and actually take great. action? So awareness, accountability. Okay, I better be responsible for what I really want. Yeah. Uh, and that also can include how much, you know, your kids, like what, you know, all, all, everything. And also what sort of partner do you want in life? Is that your current, like, what do you value the most? What Those things have to go on your list. You can't wig it. You can't go, 
you have to know what you are prepared to give and love and live in wholeheartedly. And it's just, it's awesome when you start to do that because it's, it opens up a whole world of yeses because you've, you've dared to define. So let's call this the daring to define section. You know, don't be afraid. It's just got to figure out who you want to show that to. So that's your awareness, accountability, and then you want to do action. So action is just taking the, I've got four columns for that, the now, then, next, and if. So now is what can you actually, what do you need to do now to take one step in the right direction? Do you need to get a proper legal advisor to help you with the process you go through? Do you need to research does your company have opportunities where you can go to different states? If you don't know, you don't. You know, if you don't ask, you don't get. Yeah. Um, you know, have you spoken to your significant other about what their goals are? Have you sat down and said, "Hey, babe, we've never really thought about this since we were twenty. What do you really want? This is it." You know. Um, so the now is the practical steps that you need to do that will take you towards those goals. Yeah. You know, go and enroll in a rock climbing course. Go to some outdoor, this is my favorite outdoor shop is in San Francisco. I could roll around and everything there. Like go and find out, go online, go and get instructors, go and go and discover. Online as in Tinder or? No, not <laughs> online as in Tinder. Like go, you know, and we'll, we'll come on to that point. But you're no good to anyone and it's no good trying to find a perfect mate if you don't know who you are because you'll just end up failing every time. So the most important gift that we want to give you is total authenticity unapologetically. Yep. It doesn't mean to shove it down people's throats. And I just wanted to, to hijack this slightly with the partner thing that you alluded to. Like what, yeah. what does your partner want? Obviously, you know, with, with my target audience as divorced men yeah. is, is a, a lot of time and, and speaking for myself, you, you, you long for your lost partner. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but it's it's actually the perception of who you thought they were, not who they actually are. Yeah. So so you you hundred percent. You're in that situation where you're thinking of the version of your ex that you wanted them to be, mm-hmm. not their actual authentic self. Yeah. And or, is is, yeah. is that? I mean. I think it's a hundred percent. I think I think whenever you feel yourself going back into romanticizing, and you can always still love someone because they were in your life. And I think I just want to make a point here that blame and hatred and anger and those things that it's not healthy ingredients to have inside your system so no. working on releasing that and that's what i made you do yes um is and if you need help on that please reach out to us it's so crucial because it, it actually diminishes your clarity and your own energy uh and there is for whatever reason you got to this point if, if it's if it's irreparable just accept it and be gracious you know uh, regardless of if that person's coming at you like you know that only will work when you give oxygen to that fire yep. so be gracious um, think facts and stats instead of freaking out really do your research you know and then also act like a buddha think like a ceo plan like a visionary act like a buddha is what's happening here going to really be affecting you in five years time so it's very very important as the reciprocant of of any anger and, and hostility to not buy into that as hard yeah. as it is and i know it's it's hard and painful um but that's i get I mean, it that, but that, it's that, so that, important it's, it's it's a great bit of advice <clears throat> because as as someone who's you know when you when you're in the the crossfires yeah of you're divorce, in the trenches right? like you you i remember having conversations to my mates about oh my ex didn't pack a toothbrush or something which is so it's so irrelevant at the time. It's super relevant and will fire you up and it will get you down a rabbit hole, which will affect your space, your energy, your kids and everything around that. But mm. it's, it's, it's really, 
irrelevant stuff. And I think there's phases to go through. So uh, one of the things uh, that I always say is feel what you're going through. Like don't push it into something else. So if you're angry, you've got to have people that you can call up and you can vent to. Uh, and but you shouldn't react those are two different things so owning your feelings is one thing and and actually letting it out is crucial so go and talk to someone find a great coach that can listen and help you move through that but if you don't actually own it you can't move through it and it stays there and it will manifest itself like something else it really will and it will come out with some sort of destructive behavior and it will cost you more time, money, and emotional energy than you ever need to. Yeah. So we're just telling you there is an alternative way, and it doesn't mean sitting there taking the crossfire, but um, but it doesn't serve you to get amongst it. It really doesn't. And and what most people do is 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 there is always one person that, that can be more gracious than the other for whatever reason, and you just have to diffuse and let go of whatever your other party is doing and walk keep your side of the street clean mm. because at the end of the day you want to be a good example for your kids but you also want to figure out that you want to be a good human and you want to realize that no matter what pain you're going through um, it doesn't work well to come out in anger because it's usually fear and hurt and grief you know that and, and they're painful and they're, they're ghastly and they hurt and it's physically demanding but it's easier to get angry. Yep. It's easier. It's a, it's a, the first, the wheel of emotions, anger is the first layer. You know, because it's like kapow, you know. So martial arts, martial arts yourself and, and go, oh, I got triggered again. And have some tools around that because it will just slow down your process of healing. It will slow down your ability to spend time with your kids. It will slow down your clarity of conversation in terms of any kind of negotiation. And there's a great TED talk about bullying um, when someone's coming at you and they're like, rah, 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 like that. No one can do anything if you, if you're really not doing anything yeah. back. Like yeah. you've just got to be Yoda about it. It's it's the analogy which stuck with me on, on in that situation from my personal experience is that my responsibility as a dad, a friend, a human, and and a father, very importantly, is my domain. Yeah. And my domain is the space, my house, my kids, yeah. and everything around my domain. Yeah. If you have something cancerous coming in from the outside and you let that into your domain, then your domain becomes cancerous as well. Yeah. And, and, and your energy and everything around that becomes. So when you're getting attacked from whatever angle, whatever aspect in life is that, is that you've, you've got to very much say, does this deserve the right in my domain? And Roxy agrees with me. Does this deserve, does this deserve the, the right in your domain? Um, and if and if it doesn't, no. which it generally doesn't, then you just need to let that go. Otherwise, my space, everything around me is just going to become cancerous as well. And I think it's really easy for us to say that and to hear this on the show. But you know what it was like when you were in the middle of that. No, was the hence hence right? the whole program. So right? I think I think if you if you're going through that right now and you just I I mean it sounds good guys, but that's just this. They're pushing my buttons to the point where I've got I'm because I've I most a lot of my clients have been through the most horrendous custody, and and they haven't had good advice. They haven't always had lawyers that think holistically, that look at the entire picture, that also give you conversation tools. There are conversation tools. There are certain text messages you can send. There are certain ways you can communicate, which are factual and diffuse the situation. And by doing that, by being empowered with information, you actually take the emotion out. Yeah. So if you are very emotional, it means you're not informed, 
right? It's like that's the martial arts thing. When yeah. people fight all over the place, it's because they don't have the knowledge. So if you're fighting all over the place like a prey mantis, it's because you don't have the knowledge. So inform yourself. Get yeah. That knowledge is power. It will empower you to be calm. It will empower you to make good decisions. And also, please be careful who you get advice from. Are the people that are giving you advice, are they really walking their talk? Are they living healthy, full, integrity, authentic, rich lives? Are the lawyers, the counselors, whoever's looking after your kids, your mediators, are they good, well-informed? It's worth quality and do your research, you know? And if you're not sure about questions to ask, ask us. Like, ask, get informed, empower yourself with information. It will diffuse your emotion. So so my perspective on that is a lot of, people who know you personally it's a lot of projection of their fears onto you rather than your situation yeah so their advice is based on yeah their, their demons not your demons yeah which and- which is which if you don't understand and know how to handle that you're getting 18 different pieces of advice based on everyone else's insecurities and that brings us right back to the first point we discussed is that when you have awareness not everyone else around you will be in that state because yeah. all they do is make information and filters based on um, on their own perspective on life and they're you know and not you don't know what goes on behind closed doors for the most perfect couples all you can do is take care of your side of the street the moment you start to think oh that guy has everything or oh my ex this or that the other you're taking all the power away from you yeah. so every time you start thinking about how someone else is doing something go hold on a second i've got to come back in with myself you need to regain your power and that is in any kind of situation, at work, at home, it's not being selfish, it's just called being in your truth and being really calm. And that means taking time to find your why and then using the right language with people to go, hey, I'm just gonna take some time out, even if you've got your kids week on, week off, and say, hey kids, why don't we all write down what a great life would really look like? Why not get your kids involved? How well do you know them? You know, what would be, one of my clients, I've got their vital ingredients is up on their fridge, and their kids have done theirs. One of them is to be invisible. That's one of her goals, right? Um, I think, great, because every Friday they come up with ways that she can try and come up with things that she can be invisible. But the creativity is fantastic. So listen, and also listen to people around you because when you truly listen, you find out who people really are. I just want to pull, pull back to something you said there about, about, oh, your ex has done this or she's that. Or it's It's... And for a lot of guys and myself, I guess included, or not like I guess 100% included, in the in the early days, my happiness was defined of how my ex's life was or wasn't going to be. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And it took me well, 44 soon, but it took me 42 and a half years to figure out that I need to look after, it's the oxygen mask again, you know, that I actually needed to look after me and make me happy. Yeah. And, and I, which comes to the why, right? And now it's such a, it's such a key point that, you know, that guy's got a Lambo or whatever's important to you. It's so irrelevant unless you, you, you sit still within yourself and within peace and, and just find that clarity because you'll, yeah. you'll never be fulfilled if, if you're not in that space. And I think we inherently have activities and, and patterns because of how we grew up. And, and our, you know, we didn't get a lot of affirmations. Of course, we grew up in great families, but you, you are a product of your home life and you are a product of needing that love and attention or validation or having to give that. And I think you don't have to go and lie on a couch for hours, but just accepting that what got you to this point and all your decision-making criteria might've been a bit skewed, that's okay. Because now you're just going, I'm still gonna be great, but I wanna be the best version of myself because whoever will get me next 
it's you know and that's the thing you have to replace unapologetic doesn't mean angry it doesn't mean i'm just this way you have to put up with it it means really being beautiful you know a great podcast is rich roll yeah i just love rich and i just think he's just a great example of it the whole thing about relationships i know all this because i've had to do the work you know i've been in the trenches myself with my clients uh you know we we're responsible for our own selves you have to be able to go it's no one else's fault. It's 50-50. There's a reason why you attract certain things. And if you're willing to really review it, the rewards are amazing. So, so that's another key point. You, you attract certain things, right? And, and for me, it obviously came down to, 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 dad, to daddy and mommy issues. Um, yeah. When you actually go, go down the rabbit hole. And, and I remember w- yeah, sure. when I went to my psychologist's chair and he said, like, tell me about your parents. And I went, ah, oh, but they're not irrelevant, right? Let, let's, let's talk about my current state of trauma. Yeah. But the more I've un- the more I've unpicked it, and the more I, le- I guess, a becoming self-aware and becoming more informed in the space, everything—not everything—but the vast, vast majority relies on your grooming as as a kid. You know, as you said, from that age of five. Well, even younger, I think three. Your values are formed, and now uh, we can check that. But you know, from when you're born, you're born into you're born neutral, and then you're born into all these constraints. And and I just think anyone that. Is, has any form of intellect and self um, development understands the link I certainly do you know I've, I certainly continually work on I understand myself now more than ever yeah. I'm, I'm still going oh every day because the thing is is that when you start to live like this you come it's like full-on because you're constantly being exposed and growing and things because you're just in this dialogue with well how shall I do that and that means that you're always learning about yourself and you're always seeing your patterns. So I have a bit of a laugh at Bob sometimes. I'm like, oh, almost caught me there, <laughs> you know, because I have such a sense of obligation. And also being quiet. I realized that I didn't have a voice for a long time because I, um, I you know, I was told just Shh, just tone it down, don't be so dramatic, which if you, you don't think that I would be like that, you think I'm over the top right putting so, words in my mouth yeah so it took i'm only now coming into my own and so I, to me this is just the beginning i think we shouldn't there's a dangerous thing by talking about there's a great book by john bradshaw called the family and i think whether it's about addictions or anything else we certainly have patterns of behavior and you don't have to blame but you can certainly understand and you have to let go of blaming your parents whatever happened people did the best they could and that forgiveness and that lack of anger and that peace will create more space for you to thrive. Uh, and if we keep shoving things into every space because you don't want to look at stuff, then you can't be given the beauty that is unveiling, finding your why and your true potential. And if you do this work that, that Clint's giving you and you decide to be the CEO of your life, because yeah. that's essentially what I'm saying, um, it's never too late. You're not too old. nothing that has gone through has happened to you this is just part of your journey and for whatever point you're in the middle of it and you're going to be okay Uh, and it's all to do with either stuff happened to you or you're going to do stuff with it but don't feel that do stuff with it with vengeance and anger and bitterness because that will create more of that just look at it with wonder and curiosity and think this is a great chance for me to be an even better version of myself and if you've got kids Remember the point I made about conversation? The words that you speak, the way that you interact with them inherently frames how they value themselves. So to tell your kids that they are enough, 
not that they're fine or that it's good enough to try. We don't want to condescend our children. We want to make them fight for their lives and really enjoy what they're doing and be creative and really be uh, love themselves for whoever they are, whatever the journey. You know? so, so once again, pulling back, just you, there, there's so much happening here. So, so well, it's me. Yeah, I know. But <laughs> but but you, you you said something just now. There were two things that, that really resonated when you said you think it's just beginning. Yeah. I was having a conversation with someone about three weeks ago, and they said, like you've lived the fast. To me, you've lived this most fascinating life, and I've yeah. you know me. I've got a story for every yeah, country yeah, in the yeah, world. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And and I said those exact words. I said, you know what? I actually think I'm just beginning. I think yeah. my journey is just starting. Yeah. So I, I hear you that. And, and, and the second thing, which is, which is key, and this is what you helped me with after your podcast is, is letting go, right? Is that oh. you, you, you have to, by, by me letting go of the stuff that is holding me back, it's created the space to let other things in my life. And it's yeah. happened quicker than I ever thought it would happen. But by letting go of the stuff that I was if you don't let go of, and that's hate, anger, and all the, the ghosts from Christmas past, if you don't truly let go of that, it's, it's and I think your wording was, it, you need to let that go, let something else come in. And yeah. that's just, it's, I just want to, because I've personally recently yeah. done that, and it's been, it's been, uh, yeah, it's been, I don't know what the right word is, just. Cathartic. Cathartic, yes. Yeah. And I think uh, one of the lessons is uh, you're going to always have to let go of things because the higher you grow, the more you have to let go. Like you're constantly being presented with mirrors of yourself. Um, anyone else's attitude that's pissing you off is probably something you don't like in yourself. Like mm. let's just be really realistic. If someone's been annoying or not disclosing stuff at work or your kids are playing up, what, how are you not presenting yourself in the best light? And I think... It always comes back down to going, not, hey, but listen, what am I doing? It, it, so I try and do that all the time. Like, what can I do? Why is, what is this a reflection of in me? Like, if someone disappoints you or, you know, where are you not nourishing yourself? Where are you not taking care of your side of the street? And where are you not taking accountability for what you really want? And have you told those people what you need? And that's the next point. Well, that's, which is, once again, I wanted to pivot there. So you've done the work, you've got that. It's, it's that resistance, right? You, you, if, you, if you find yourself in a position where you're not surrounded by, you seeing in technicolor, as you said, everyone else is gray and white. Yeah. You, you, you get in that resistance. They don't like it, eh? Of course. Of, I mean, They're it's, like, it's, warning, it's, warning, subservient sure. so, so, you know, with a lot of people, there's, there's consequence to that, right? There's jobs, there's family, there's everything. Yeah. But, but what happens if you're in a situation where you want that technicolor life and everyone around you is black and white or... Do do the work first. So first of all, make sure you've got your framework. And then, as I said, until you have the right people, reach out to those that are already experts in the field. And and, uh, and I would say who around in your ecosphere and your system, whether it's mentors or someone that you've worked with, that do you admire? And when is the last time you sat down man to man? uh, And when have you done something that, you know, gone? That's why I love the dude retreat. I love Mm. bringing people together where... I know they're from different industries, but they've walked the same path. And they're like, oh my God. I'm like, yeah. Like, so I think finding a mateship is really important. Uh, and you'll only do that once you start venturing out of your current field in terms of the square meterage that you confine yourself to. Uh, and it doesn't mean you have to be sneaky. And doesn't, why don't you just say, listen, I'm going to go on a, a five weeks of trying new things. You can say that to your kids. Do you think that that's a great thing to show them? Mm. You know? Um, It'll be frothing. Yeah, and I don't mean Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but I also mean take your time. Like, don't. I think guys have a tendency to want to have it all now. And one of the things that I do in coaching is I always come back to let's just make sure we got this pillar right. And it's very frustrating working with someone like me because I'm like, don't try and skip ahead, buddy. Because if you build a beautiful foundation, look at the Notre Dame. Like, mm. it had this horrible fire, but they're still able to restore it again. Um, nice link. Thanks. Mm. Um, if you build a great foundation, you won't have to repeat it. So don't rush this process. You got to this point. Don't try and go in and think you're going to target and you're going to get a little DIY kit and everything's going to, you know, it's like learning to kite, learning to play guitar. Enjoy the discovery. Uh, reach enjoy out the to process, us. Enjoy yeah. the, and then, so that's what I do with the, the review and refine. So every 90 days, just like you would a business plan, you need to check in. So a 90-day plan is what I do with my clients. I say, where do you want to be in 90 days? What do you need to do in 30 days, seven days? You want to do three immediate steps right now. And that piece of paper isn't just some fun thing. I hold you accountable to that. Because anything you write down, you should be willing to, like Game of Thrones, put your blood on it. Mm. And we've got to get back to that basic style of living where we're like, this really means something to me. If it doesn't mean something, take it off. So accountability, integrity. Yeah. Similar things, but kind of not. If you, for me, integrity. You say say you're gonna do something, you do it right. From a personal perspective, yeah. Uh, accountability is obviously that mate um, that will hold yeah, you. You have to or, have, you know, male, female could be whatever to hold you accountable to yeah, that task. Or a coach, or yeah. Whatever. So so tips and people trying to find those people. Uh, for, if you don't have anyone else, we will be it. I'm serious. Yeah. You want a pinky promise? Now? No, well, I'll, I'll. When it's handshake, because I was just testing you. Yeah. Um, I've got three kids, I'm a pinky promise god. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I pinky promise yeah. on this guy. Yeah. But I think that's the thing. Like, if why don't you ask? Like, ask us. Like, if you're really stuck and there's no one in your tribe and you're on your own, kudos to you, dude, for even listening to this and going through this, because this is going to get you places you never thought you imagined. So, yes, yes, yes. We will be here and then we'll help you. Maybe we can put a couple of things in. Look around your group of friends. That Who is your best mate? Your do or die, ride or die buddy. Um, you know, I've, I've met some great people in my life. I've got a couple. I only have a couple of great mates, but I know that I say to Lane or whoever, I need you to hold me accountable for this. And she's the worst one because she will. <laughs> um, but so who do you, who really loves you? Because the people that love you want you to succeed. So the next part of this is the review and refine is I like to call it the stakeholder matrix, the traffic light system, green, amber, red. Most of my clients, if you're listening to this, you'll know this. Um, whether it's friends, work colleagues, stakeholders in a pitch, I don't care. The same things applies. Green is who's really in your pit. Who is just like whatever you whatever you need. Amber is yeah, and red is just like they never show up. They're not really there. They're too hard basket. You don't gel. You've really got to know who is going to be in your corner. Stop investing unless you absolutely have to move them across to the green lane with people. You don't have to try and convince anyone. Because you've got to do the work for yourself. This is a personal journey. It's a journey of curiosity. Uh, don't read too much and don't like absorb too much. Just go, I'm just going to apply this step and then I'll come up for an air and then I'll apply this step. Because if you try and do too much, you won't cement anything and you'll you'll revert back to your old habits. So so just, I guess... It's like learning to kite. Like learning to kite. Or when I saw you learn to foil. What, that, yeah, <laughs> that was uh, after a few tequilas, so don't do that. That's dangerous. Um, if say, say someone, and I, I guess I'm guilty of this in my past life, is that you, you want to 
do something and then you shout it from the, the rooftops yeah. like i'm this person i'm that person so in my perception that gets a lot of woof you know a lot of harsh feedback from people who think it's too much too soon what advice would you would you give guy i mean from my understanding the way i would approach the situation is that I'd, I'd be very clear personally what i wanted to do and wanted for myself not to make everyone else happy around me yeah. and then i'd find those green light people close yeah. to me and then and then sort of i guess you know convey with them and trust in them that this is what i want for my life yeah. is that probably the right strategy or what you, do you only recommend? need one you know you only need one supporter in the beginning and when you're when you're generation exhibition about your goals uh and if it helps you to do that that's great but i think there's something that's quite beautiful about the quiet journey yeah uh, and it's, it's, I come back to reclaiming your power and doing this dude list. Like it's a very personal list. I got sent one that was like, I just want to learn how to put a, you know, a shed together for my son. I want to do that with my son or I want to, I want to build something. I want to show him some crafts cause my dad was great at that. Yeah. And so he had a lot of shame around the fact that he wasn't good with his hands. So I, they went and they signed up for this kind of cabinet making course together and they've been going every saturday morning you know so that's bro time father and son learning a skill um and so i think first of all you have to just quietly do this first step uh and there's a real genuine beauty that comes with with just running your own ship for a while especially when you've gone through so much hardship uh, and especially when you feel that the spotlights are on you and you can never be enough or you, it's never the right thing. And that's generally what will happen when you're going through divorce or relationships split up. Someone will throw the book at you. So you must have that solidarity in yourself and you must have that one person. You cannot do this alone. It, 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 is, it is a very difficult street to, to unveil your potential. You must have sounding boards. You must be able to explore. And you need someone to help you unpack that and to go, why not? So I always write, find friends around you and your pit crew that say to you, why not? Not why would you do that, but why wouldn't you do that, yeah. Clint? It's, I mean, the, the David Goggins guy, he always yeah. said, well, imagine if I could pull this off. Like, yeah. what are the odds, but imagine if I could. And I think, let's go back to Marine Corps or military and things like that, because I have a lot of respect for, for that institution, is that, you know, your life depends on how you interact with each other. Yeah. And we've become so flippant with our relationships you know, we're so throwaway without it. So one of the one of the beautiful things that I love about my life is I really love my friends. Like mm. I'm, you know, it's a two a.m. Door is always open. Phone. What do you need? Yep. And the kids as well. And that sense of community, uh, even at work, we've lost a lot of our sense of community at work. And my whole adage is our companies are the new community. So I think we can take a lot from unity that comes with a military domain. And when you, you have strength in numbers and when you're going through this, you feel like you're all on your own. Yeah. You know, that you're, that you're the first battalion out and that there's no backup, right? It's scary and you've got no training and you're a new Marine and the, they, you know, the, the clearance divers are coming in, but you've had to go and set yeah. up a few things and you're like, holy macaroni, this is scary. But if you know that troops are around you and you, you know you've got experts around you, it's the quiet confidence. So I would say this is a quiet journey. Something as important as this. It is not, I think, cement your own behaviors, trust those that you work with, share it with a good mate, but don't be silent. Yeah. You know, that's the biggest question people ask me is, uh, 
you know, it's all very well to say, are you okay? I'm going through this, but I try and talk to my mates and they go, all right, mate, have another beer or get on Tinder or just hear of the dog or your good friends will say they'll sleep on the couch with you for a week if they have to, to make sure you're okay. You know, the, the podcast with Mark Trulson that I did is definitely, I should connect you to mm. him. You know, your good friends are there not to get you drunk and not you to get you connected or hooked up or laid or whatever. They're good friends are there to make sure that you stay a good guy. Yeah. And I mean, I've, you know, in, in the course of I've put together, there's a whole module on support structure. Yeah. But there's, there's something else about the solidarity, which is so important. And uh, alluding back to V on the dock, I mean, I speak Afrikaans now, but, <laughs> but, but many, many, well, probably a year and a half ago, he said to me, because I was frantic and I was all over the place. And he, and he, his advice to me is in Afrikaans, and hopefully I don't butcher this. He said, yeah, but no, Bicky, still sit, mm-hmm. meaning you must just sit still. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and I was frantically trying to find a partner at the time and running around and, and, and yeah. I, I wasn't sitting in solidarity and silence. Um, yeah, and, and that, that advice didn't make sense at the time, but in hindsight, it, it was just good advice, right? Yeah. You must just be, yeah. um, as much as you have the structure from a personal journey, you don't have to be there. You just need to be within. Well, you need to get back into your power. And I think if you can visualize this, guys, it might seem easy now, but all you're doing is you're projecting out and you're, you're responding off everybody else's actions. When the most, the best warriors in the world, the best leaders in the world, the best humans in the world, uh, whether it's Gandhi or whoever else, they, they're very anchored and they listen and they observe and then they process and then they respond. And I think that gap is very crucial when you're going through trauma and when you're going through collateral damage. And I do love Vian. Vian, I know that Roxy's your favorite dog ever. Um, and I think that's the best. And that is be still, be present. Uh, and if, when you feel yourself get hyper and you get pulled in different directions, you, you're going further away from who you are. Hmm. And that's what happens predominantly in our life. We get married, we go through things, you have your three kids, you go to CEO, you start a company, you do this, you do that, you think you're providing, all of a sudden your wife's had an affair and you're like, what? Or vice versa. Because you weren't present. You know? So it's not anyone's fault. It is a byproduct of today's society of overwhelm. And this is a very, very passionate topic for me because if we can give you, anyone that's listening, back your power to realize that you as a father that you as a, a manager, as a leader, have a definitive ripple effect with not only yourself, but those around you, how we interact with each other has to be genuine, then you'll create something way beyond what you ever imagined. And that to me is the most exciting part is the positive energy you can have on others. Oh yeah. Like I've only really realized because I've tapped into it is that, and I, similar to you, but in a different light, is that people have told me because I've been focused in is that when they're around me they feel bulletproof they feel like they can do anything yeah just because of the energy that's going out there and just to be in tune with that and know that is just it's it's as you said it's a paradigm i never thought i'd ever come across yeah and be vulnerable you know we're in this position because we've gone through things but you also have to walk your talk so if you're new to this don't suddenly go out and tell all your mates that are going through stuff how to do things until you've got your own side of the street covered uh you know and and also be very real because the uh, the veil of social media, the veil of life, it's six degrees of separation. But when you're in your truth, it's a really beautiful thing. Mm. Like that's what I said to you. I'm not, I've gone through so much. That's what gives me the tools. I've read so many books because I've had to look at myself. 
you know, I've, I've, I've also had narcissistic people in my life where I've also attracted certain things. I was thinking, what is it that, that I had to repackage that and go, you know, what was I not valuing in myself that I let that behavior happen? That's no one treated though. me that mm-hmm. way. It was like, I let that behavior happen to me. And said, you know what, that's not okay with me. I didn't have to be angry back, but I could set some boundaries. So if you're going through things in your life where someone is at you, set some boundaries. And you can do that with charisma and clarity and intellect. Just maybe a no every now and again is a starting point. Yeah, or this doesn't feel okay. You know, think about your language and your conversations. So finding your why isn't a fast process when you've never really thought about it before, but it's a really cool one. And it's a voyage of discovery. It's a bit like you're going to go off and you don't really have, uh, you're not going to ask Siri, okay? This is something that has to come from within. And that's what's so cool. And then the enrichness that you'll give your kids and your the partnerships that you'll find in your life will be really genuine and they'll be tenfold what you've had before because you'll be you'll be amongst it. And don't wait, oh, when this happens, I'll do this, or when that happens. Just you're in it now and this is your ticket and your permission to look up and to be aware. And remember, nothing is finite. On the rally of life, you can aware, apply, refine, have a good pit crew, make sure you fuel yourself well. So fueling yourself with alcohol and anything to distract from the pain is okay in the beginning. I know everyone's going to do it, but it's not a long-term solution. Um, Your body is your temple. Uh, FedEx is not sending you a new liver tomorrow. Please look after yours. And also, you're not going to be clear and the best version of yourself. Yeah. Have a listen to Jake Edwards' podcast. Uh, I think it was 99. Really terrific. Uh, ex-former football player. Uh, now doing everything against suicide prevention. So if you are in a state where you're like, I can't see my life going forward without my wife, without my kids. I just can't see it. Uh, please reach out. Please let us know. Please reach out to your local your local expert panels and you are not alone and there is a life for you and it is worth living and you are a wonderful human and you have the ability to design the one that you want so as Eckhart Tolle had on that moment on the bridge which helped him realize the difference that there's no I and me I'm one being and when you become that you know you can handle anything you really can. can yes you can So Nikki, that's a perfect place to close it off. Um, I know you are an actionable person in terms of your advice. So one or two bits of advice for guys really starting this process. Where, where, you know, would would the list be? The awareness is say they've got the awareness now. What what can you, got? okay, let's. Yeah, get fitpreneur. No, I think the first thing is just to stop and and grab a pen and and paper. Yeah. Um, uh, no, on a serious note, maybe just press pause and just go, okay, I'm actually in, in the driver's seat. Like whatever's happening to me, that's, that's that. I'm in the driver's seat. And do the A and B column. Um, it's time for me to figure out what's really important to me. And, and you can always change it later, you know. Uh, and then understand the b column what are your blurts what are your roadblocks what are the conversations because if you continue in that you'll get more of it and then the third thing the now then and next box is uh then find the right actual expert support around you find the right counselors that that are not just sitting there going through the motions but you really really got chemistry with that are proven that fit for you it's very important and then also find coaches or whatever else uh, or reach out and I'll help you find one, whatever, that absolutely understand that this is not their life, this is your life. 
right? So a lot of coaches are still trying to figure their own life out. You need to find people that can be agile and can give you a set of tools because they understand what's right for you. Uh, And the third thing is put your hand up, find your best mate and go, dude, I'm really not coping. You know, and that's just, that's the first thing. Because if you keep pushing through it, drinking through it, putting on a brave face, fighting back, it's just going to get worse. But if you press pause and you're like a general in the army and you regroup and you think about your resources, you think about your pit crew, you think about how much food you've got, you think about your vital ingredients, you're going to have your power back. Information will empower you. Information is power. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Thank you so much, Nick. Where can people find you? So we've got two books here. We've got Fitpreneur, Vitality book. I'll put links up in the show notes. Um, if you want to get a hold of that, you're writing two new books. Do you want to talk about those quickly um, while we close up? Or they I guess so. Under um, NDA still. Yeah, no, I've got, um, <laughs> my, I think my next book's a lot bigger because it's really about, it's all the stuff I spoke about. So it's really a roadmap for modern leaders on how to navigate way from chaos to calm. So it speaks yep. about all these things. Um, I like to call it adulting. Um, and that's the whole point. Like we just have to like adult the heck up. Um, and you're it. So it's kind of cool. And you can find me on Instagram on thevitalitycoach.com.au, on LinkedIn, and Fogden Moore, and you know, on all socials. I'll put all your links up in the I show mean, notes. You just Google Nikki Fogden Moore, and, and I'll wave back to you. And I think the most important thing, the reason that I do this, um, because I really believe that if you do the work, it'll speak for itself. Yeah. Um, so just do the work. It was ice, the ice machine. Ice machine, yeah. Um, is that we're here to help, like I genuinely care. It's my absolute mission to support all of you going through the ability to deal with change, to know that you absolutely can design it. And we, there's no harm in asking. And and that's the thing. So come, seek us out, ask. We will help you as much as we can. We'll point you in the right direction. Get some podcasts going. Rich Roll. uh, Joe Rogan's great. Joe Rogan, Goggin. And then also um, there's a uh, Jocko Willink. Yes. Oh my God, great. Like hilarious. This is how I like to talk. For example, if you're going to work with me, we don't do any BS and we don't do hope projects. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. If you really want to create change, it means getting someone behind you that will keep you accountable, but has the tools. So you don't even know how, you just need to know why, guys. You got this. Thank you, Nick. I just want to close off by saying Jamie, who's been exposed today on this podcast, is uh, one of my dearest friends and the funniest human being I know. Hi, uh, you'll be glad to know that... Um, He's doing his first stand-up skit, Nikki. Fantastic. In, uh, in about three weeks' time. I'm actually flying to St. Louis to see it as a good friend. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's something that's been sitting on his list forever. Yeah. Um, and he's, he's doing his first open mic. So he's starting to find his why. So I thought you'd be proud to know about I'm that. I'm really proud. And, and listen, guys, do your list and you'll be surprised what comes of it. But just uh, don't just write something. Take action. Awesome. Thanks so much, Nick. Thanks.